Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning, friends. Come on in, pull up a chair. I'm Dave Orsborn. And I'm Amanda Miller, and we are excited to have you here with us in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Mr. Cameron Clutter is our barista, and Lent is right around the corner. A week from today, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And our friends Mary Beth Eberhardt and Lisa Iglesias come back into the cafe to chat about preparing ourselves for the season. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. Prayer? Please. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hmm. Lord, we, we thank you for another day, for all the ways that you are sustaining us and loving us and guiding us. Lord, we ask for, for perseverance uh, in whatever you're calling us to, in, in whatever ways that we really need it. Lord, we ask for an increase in perseverance, uh, that we would be strengthened and encouraged, that we would uh, be humbled as well to, to re- rely on you in all ways. We ask that you start to grant us the insights that we need to help this Lent to be a very fruitful Lent, that we would draw closer to you in a very particular way this Lent, in the way that you are calling us to be more fully ourselves uh, in the path to sainthood that you're calling us to. Give us the strength to, um, to not only forgive ourselves when we fall, but turn to you so that we can have the strength to continue moving on. And we thank you for all that you are doing in our lives. We ask for an increase in love. And we ask for our Blessed Virgin Mary's motherly care in this path of life. Amen. 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 Lift us up, Lord. Thank you. Cam. That's me. (laughs) How was your evening? It was great. Notice I I didn't put Amanda on the spot there. Thank you. Which is different than most mornings. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I actually, so uh, two events happened yesterday evening uh, of, of note in my life. The first one was I got to uh, catch up with a few old buddies, guys. I uh, really ran hard with in, in high school and just over the course of, you know, years since have only like passed each other, you know, passing conversations. And one of them, uh, my, my friend John, who um, just discerned out of seminary recently and is, is kind of reevaluating God's plan for his life in a really beautiful way. Um, just reached out and said, Hey, let's get the old boys together kind of thing. And I'm 25, you know, I'm not an old boy, but I said, Hey, you know, that's me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we got together, we, we went to an Irish pub and, um, got a couple sandwiches and some beers and just got to catch up. And it was just a really beautiful evening of, of brotherhood and reminded me a lot of like why I ran with those guys in high school and, and yeah. how their hearts pursue the Lord and how the Lord reveals himself through them. Um, and just really rekindled that kind of fire or, or spirit in me. Not to say my, I, I have plenty of other friends today who I, who I am striving towards sainthood with too, but it's always good to 
reconnect with someone else who who wants to be a saint. That was the first event. Nice. The second event was when I got home and my daughter was still awake at nine o'clock at night. Uh-huh. Now she's what, ten months old this weekend. Jeez, Olive stays up later than I do. I know. I know. <laughs> well, that's not normal, but she was refusing to go down for mom. And so dad promptly walked into her room and I said to myself, Cam, you're pretty logical and um this is this is what I've decided, right? So my daughter is stubborn, like me. She gets it from me and decided that she wasn't going to go down to sleep for mom. So I said to myself mostly, but but she was in the room, so I hope Olive understood it, is she had two options. She could fall asleep in dad's arms or she could fall asleep in her crib. And seven times back and forth, she couldn't make up her mind between dad's arms <laughs> and the crib until finally she chose the crib over dad's arms and fell asleep by herself in the crib, which was crazy. Now, granted, I was standing like right there over top of the crib, but that's the first time she's like put herself to sleep on her own. Mm. That was nine o'clock at night and she usually is in bed by like 730. So um, I don't know that it'll become a staple just yet, but um, I was encouraged by that. And then she slept mostly through the night. I think she got up once for like five minutes at two or three a.m. I don't usually check the time. Um and yeah, that was it. Do you think she waited up for you? Sometimes I do wonder that. I am her best friend. I say that all the time. <laughs> so um, I, I do wonder sometimes if if she waits up for me. Um, sometimes she'll listen to the show in the morning. And then when I stop talking, as I often do after this like first, first beginning portion of the show... Um, she just gets really mad because she's like, where'd, where'd dad go? This, this is the yeah. whole reason I listen to the show. <laughs> so um, so if she's listening right now, I don't think she is. I, th- I hope she's still asleep. But if she's listening right now, um, this is your dad's voice <laughs> and it will disappear or at least become less shortly. <laughs> you know, there will be a uh, come a time when you will be waiting up for her to come home. I try not to think about that too much right now because <laughs> she's only 10 months old. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly, I'm excited. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. excited to watch her grow up through the years and to grow up with her myself. Beautiful. Amen. Anything to share on uh, your evening, Amanda? I'll put you on the spot now. No, just kind of a, no, it was just a Tuesday night. Just a regular Tuesday <laughs> night. <laughs> Cam's evening was much more exciting than mine. Yeah. I did get ice cream. Okay, I went and got ice cream. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> a pre-Lenten trip to the ice cream That's shop. That's right. Good. <laughs> Good. How about your evening? Um, it was nice, you know, just uh, relaxing. Uh, I zoomed with some friends from a community and yeah, just prayed with them and Good. shared some time together. Good. So yeah, very nice. You want to open up today's gospel? Sure. So this is, uh, we're continuing in the gospel of Mark, uh, chapter seven. Today is, uh, uh, verses, 14 to 23 begins, Jesus summoned the crowd again and said to them, hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that enters one from outside can defile that person, 
but the things that come out from within are what defile. When he got home, away from the crowds, his disciples questioned him about the parable. He said to them, Are even you likewise without understanding? Do you not realize that everything that goes into a person from outside cannot defile, since it enters not the heart, but the stomach, and passes out into the latrine? Thus he declared all foods clean. But what comes out of the man, that is what defiles him. From within the man, from his heart, come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from within, and they defile. The opening line got me right there. Hear me, all of you, and understand. Yeah, what struck you about that? Hear me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just uh, becoming more attuned to God's voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I've walked around with, the Lord and I, He'll, he'll give me a word and then we just spend time and, and literally walk around with it mm-hmm. and him all day. So last fall, a big one was presence and rest. And, and the word I received uh, a week or so ago was reality. Mm. So we're just kind of spending time on that together. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think that's a really beautiful way to pray. I've, I actually learned that from a friend, um, excuse me, who, who said, okay, if, if you could give one word to this retreat, or if you could give one word to this conference that you experienced, or if you could give one word to this trip that we just took, um, and ask the Lord to give you that one word. And it's really been a good practice in my own life to be able to reflect on what the Lord is doing in my life is one, one word uh, is easy to receive instead of, you know, like a whole, <laughs> whole unpacking, but right. in that one word, then going deeper and asking the Lord, okay, well, what does that one word signify for me? Or what does that one word teach me? And it's been so beautiful to see what comes out of the fruit of that contemplation. Never know quite how long it'll last. I mean, some words are, you know, a few days or you know, a week or so mm-hmm. others like presence I walked with for a real long time in mm-hmm. his presence, my presence, my presence to others, his presence in the Eucharist. I mean, there were just a lot of ways that, uh, that he, he led the conversation. Mm-hmm. So how about for you? What, what stood out for you this morning? Well, a couple things, but the word understanding stood out for me. Um, just because that's a great desire of mine mm. is, you know, if, if the Lord says, uh, have understanding, then I want that. <laughs> and so my prayer is, okay, Lord, then grant me greater understanding. Um, but then what really stood out to me was, uh, but what comes out of the man 
that is what defiles him. Um, and initially, of a thought of, oh, what comes out of him? What does that mean? Because you think it starts in the heart. And then, of course, it goes from, from within the man, from his heart, comes evil thoughts, unch- unchastity, theft, you know, so on and so on. And uh, so the word heart is really sticking out to me yeah. as well. Um, it's all these are coming out of man, but first and foremost, because it starts in the heart. And so what, what is the, the landscape of my heart? What am I feeding my heart and my mind? What, um, yeah, is there a, is that a place where Jesus can dwell comfortably and radiate forth from, or is there a mess in there? And are there things in there that need to be removed so that um, he can truly reign there? And so all of all of these things that are listed, these evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, well, all of those are only a result of what is first and foremost in the heart. And so, yeah, just the ability now to reflect on, okay, Lord, what is in my heart? And I think it's great that Lent is coming up because it's a great time to to ask ourselves, okay, then how can we how can we reflect on what's going on in there so as to become the saints that He's calling us to be? Mm, I like that. Yeah, when I think of what comes out of my mouth, first thing is I, I hope that actually my mouth is connected to my head mm. <laughs> especially on the radio <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that it actually has a, you know a thought behind it but when I think of all the sins of the tongue um, they do come from somewhere deeper right you know you know what what is happening in the heart that that causes the words to come out or my thoughts to to develop mm-hmm and he gave us quite a list. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot to walk with there. Friends, we're going to be spending time this morning with our friends from The Visitation, Mary Beth Eberhardt and Lisa Iglesias. We'll talk about preparing for Lent. So thanks for being with us in the cafe. Stay with us. O good Jesus, you are the Most High God, everlasting and always living. You have shown us the way to the Father and sent the Holy Spirit to guide us. We implore thy most sacred heart to have mercy on us in this time of need. Bless and protect the vulnerable. Give hope to all and fill our hearts with confidence in your divine mercy. Be our joy in the midst of suffering and our stability in the midst of uncertainty. Your forgiveness we seek, your love we need your protection we implore. Forgive our sins and heal our wounds. Strengthen any weakness of faith and make us strong so as to give witness to your glory. Keep far from us any illness, pestilence, or harm. You are our refuge. You are our comfort. You are our hope. Through the intercession of Our Lady, health of the sick, we come to your most sacred heart and beseech your protection and blessing. Most sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Amen. Do you have a minute for a gift? Each of us were made as a gift and to be a gift. 
we become a gift when we give ourselves to others. In baptism, we receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit to draw us closer to God and to help us live virtuously. The Holy Spirit's gift of understanding helps us grasp the mysteries of our faith more deeply so we can apply them to our spiritual lives. Having God's spirit of understanding gives us a certainty about supernatural truths that brings life to our prayer and comforts those in doubt. This gift perfects the theological virtue of faith within us. Let us ask for the gift of understanding and the grace to live virtuously. God's Spirit makes us free. Let us ask for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let us live in the freedom that Jesus gives and become a gift of self for others. I'm Lori Kroc and this is a Holy and Healthy Minute. Making time for a spiritual retreat is both a holy and healthy endeavor. Taking a break from our daily concerns to spend time alone with God is a rest for both the body and soul and strengthens us for the work God is calling us to do. A retreat can be any amount of time, from a few hours to a 30-day Ignatius retreat. Jesus models this for us often in scripture. From Matthew chapter 14, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. We can find our mountain at church or in a chapel adoring the Blessed Sacrament. Even our prayer time in a little corner of our homes can be a mountain experience when we seek Jesus and center our hearts on Him. Let us respond to Jesus' call to us. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Amen. Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and we are welcoming back into the cafe our friends from the visitation, Mary Beth Eberhardt, Lisa Iglesias. Hi, the visitation sisters. I, I've referred to you, and, and I was encouraged to clarify that... Um, we are not sisters. Th- okay, oh, I well, think sisters, sisters in Christ. There's, there we go. I love referring to you as the visitation sisters, like but with, with the clarification that you're not of the visitation community. Oh, my goodness. Of, of sisters. Oh, no, we are. So, no. Oh, my goodness. Your wives and mothers. And not holy. <laughs> that is not true. Take that back. Woo, we're that's striving. the biggest difference. Driving. <laughs> but I do like visitation sisters. I like it too. You, you guys have you guys have a very special friendship. <laughs> mm-hmm. You do bring us a lot of wisdom and and uh, just great conversations. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. And you brought in a mystery drink this morning as well. I did. You know what? Mary it Beth. was a it was a rough night and. Um, just we'll just leave it there. It was a rough night. And so it's a bottle of scotch. Was, that right? <laughs> they don't sell that at the coffee shop. Um, they don't but, sell that. Okay. But no, I was kind of hemming and hawing, like, can I make it? I'm looking at the drive-through line at the coffee shop, and we go through. Um, I'm like, I'm, I, I text Lisa. I'm like, you know, we're gonna have to talk after the show. I need caffeine. And all the way, I'm watching like the line and the timing, and and I get there and I order my chai latte again. I'm discerning like, is it worth the sugar? Does your body really need the sugar? And I'm talking to my husband, Ryan, and he's like, now is not the time. Go for the caffeine. Go for the sugar. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and so, um, and and I was even a little grumpy. Like the, the drink came and it didn't have like the cold foam on it. And I was like, I asked for the cold foam. <laughs> and he was like, right. Yes. So, he, you know, he put it on. And then I'm like, oh, and I go to take a sip and I'm like, oh, 
Mm-mm. Nope, not my drink. It wasn't chai tea. It was not. And so I brought the mystery drink to the cafe and <laughs> it was passed around. <laughs> and it turns I, out Amanda I'm is learning. thoroughly enjoying it, whatever <laughs> it is. Whatever it is. Whatever this is. <laughs> I'm, I'm perplexed, but I'm very much enjoying it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> there you go. It was yeah. meant for her. A grateful surprise. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. You ha- you kind of had me at cold foam. Um, I didn't know there were different temperatures of foam. <laughs> what? I mean, everyone else in the world good, knows. And, and good question. Did, so, I mean, this is the cafe. There's like sweet cold foam. My daughter gets like matcha cold foam or something like that. And it's, so it's like a whipped cream. It's like a, a, a thicker whipped cream, right? And you can, but yeah, hers is green. Looks really nasty, but she likes it. <laughs> Um, but you yeah. just get to make up words now. That's all. It's yeah. Some things are like barista, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually a word. He's a so, real dude. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so. he keeps things going. Now, a week from today, next Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, will you mm-hmm. still be enjoying various flavors of cold foam? I will not. No. No. It, and that's not my, you know, big fast for Lent. It, um, it's just one of those offerings. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll still have my tea, but um, those the, for me, Lent is not a time of um, indulgence. Yeah, sweets and delights. You know, our family does um, break our fast on Sundays, and um, our kids are old enough now where like we all have life the life goal of like they're like we're not giving up candy because. Sunday just becomes gluttonous. <laughs> so mm. like, that doesn't, and, and they're wise enough to discern that and try to figure out um, that. But we've had lots of conversations about um, what will our fast be? And they've been really, really good this year. Really good. St. Augustine has a, a really uh, beautiful quote on, on fasting. St. Augustine says, fasting cleanses the soul, raises the mind, subjects one's flesh to the spirit, renders the heart contrite and humble, scatters the clouds of concupiscence, quenches the fire of lust, kindles the true light of chastity. And all that time, I just thought it meant giving up coffee. There's there's so much more Mm. to it, huh? Mm -hmm. Augustine for the win. Big time, yeah. Renders the heart contrite and humble. It's interesting that you say heart because in the morning reflection as well, that was a word that stuck out to me. And particularly Lisa and I have been having this conversation about preparing for Lent. Mm -hmm. And one thing that she had brought up, I don't know if you remember this in in prayer, I think you heard it on the Abiding Together podcast was, um, what is, or how can I love the Lord's heart better this Lent. And as I brought that to my kids, I was talking to them about what is it? It's not, you know, if I want to this Lent, love the Lord's heart better, I can think of many ways I could do that, right? Similar, I tend to put it in a perspective of marriage. So I'm like, if I want to love Ryan's heart better, man, I can make him a special meal. I have a list long, but what is he asking of me? What does he need? And so that same shift with the Lord I can offer like, oh, I'm going to pray my rosary, you know, all the mysteries and I'm and all these offerings. And yet what is going to gladden the Lord's heart mm. this Lent? I think that that's kind of where I'm leaning 
um, this Lent, thanks to yeah. well, my and, beautiful sister here. Well, and thanks to AM820, because I heard it here on the, side, yeah. <laughs> on the radio. But um, I was I was thinking, you know, like, and also, we're not, it hasn't begun yet. So take the time. Like, mm-hmm. don't, let's not wait until Fat Tuesday to think about what we might want to, um, how we might want to, you know, change our thoughts, change our um, our uh, focus in order to do that. So like, let's start now. Let's start asking him and waiting for the answer. Mary Beth, I think that's a very interesting point because I've just never heard it put that way, um, how to gladden the Lord's heart. Because uh, when I think of Lent, it's typically, okay, well, what do I need to do to help reform my heart? Uh, but you've kind of flipped the question here. Lord, what can I do to gladden your heart? Uh, how has that mind shift kind of, or that the way that you're asking that question helped you to maybe dive more deeply into what you should choose for Lent? Mm. I tend to be a giver and an and a doer in this way. And so it's to wrap my head around this is uh, it's, it's easier. I can look at the Lord and, um, and say, um, how can I serve you? Mm. And so, you know, I've, I've started that list and I've yet to figure it out. You know, Ryan and I have had some really good conversations. But, you know, I, I think this will be the first Lent where it is less of um, giving up of a substance. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be like chocolate or food or, you know, um, TV or... Um, but more of a giving up of my will. Maybe that's over time, uh, of time or of something and... Um, really seeking to draw closer to the Lord. Um, it might not be what I want to do. You know, what I want to do is sit down with my Kindle and read, you know, a cute little rom-com late at night. But that might not be exactly what the Lord is asking of me. He might be wanting me to gather my family and, you know, read something faithful together. He might be wanting um, me to just rest with him. Mm-hmm. And just ponder, you know, I've, I have, um, I've been gathering some images and uh, in my prayer journal and just pondering them as a, as a mom of eight, it's hard to have time to ponder and 30 seconds, just looking at an image mm. and just being like, Oof, I see you. And then what are you saying to me, Lord? And, um, I think it, it goes back and forth, Amanda, because you in, in choosing to gladden the heart of the Lord, you too are formed, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and actually it seems to me to possibly be a more fruitful way of going about picking our Lenten practices because as I'm kind of putting these two together, this idea of, okay, going into it with an idea of how do I purify my heart versus how can I gladden the Lord's heart, there's a different lens there, right? This idea mm-hmm. of, because sometimes we can just be like down on ourselves, right? Yeah. And, uh, oh, I'm I'm struggling with this. And so I just, I need to fix this versus, uh, okay, l- I want to see how the Lord sees me and then ask him how he's calling me to um, love him better. Mm-hmm. There's, there's very different lenses there. Yeah. And I think starting from that, uh, that notion of how do I go ahead in the Lord's heart and, you know, and, and using his name and asking him, you know, Jesus, how, you know, how can I love you more? Um, I think the other is going to happen. I think the mm-hmm. penitent part, that, that purifying part is going to happen because he might be like, yeah, you um, just sit with me or, or, you know, reflect on the 
true, good and beautiful, like in the art or whatever. But um, so I think they both can happen. Yeah. Mary Beth Eberhardt, Lisa Iglesias, the Visitation Sisters, the hosts of St. Gabriel's <laughs> The Visitation. The unholy, I, 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 the I'm, unholy I'm just enjoying sitting back listening to you guys. So keep going. <laughs> this, this is awesome. <laughs> well, you know what struck me when Lisa was speaking is that, um, you know, in this discernment of what what is the Lord asking me to do to gladden his heart, right? Um it's also coming to me this Lent that it is, it might not be a, it might not be one thing. I was listening to a Father Mike Schmidt's podcast and he was talking about um, how holiness is not an event, it's a process. And I was, you know, I took that to my Lenten fast and thinking about how I get very prideful in my, in my fasting, right? Where I'm like, oh, just watch me go. <laughs> and then, you know, I break because mm. um, it wasn't a true offering anyways. Right. And giving myself that grace, like in this moment, the Lord might be asking this of me. And the beauty of that is staying in constant conversation with him. <laughs> I'm just thinking of some, some of my past fasts, and it's like, Lord, just help me get to Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so I can Amen. have that cup of coffee. Yeah. yeah, and well, it, I, yeah. Oh my gosh, how, how twisted that is, isn't it? Well, no, nah, I don't think so. It's a journey, right? We're on a journey. So, but like, I, yeah. I used to, oh, I mean, I always would be like, yes, Lord, I love you so much. Um, and, you know, I also need to lose a few pounds. So it's going to be this and this and this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can kill two birds with one stone. And maybe I'm not the only one who's ever thought that. And, um, I can feel myself blushing of embarrassment, but, but it's good to have this kind of conversation It's like, there's way more that can happen. And actually it could like, like really cleanse my, my spirit. And I could really have the thing I truly desire, which isn't the coffee or the chocolate. It's, um, you know, just receiving more of God's love because I can give him more because like, yeah, you were saying, Amanda, I love what you said about, um, what is the landscape of my heart? Is it a place Mm. that's easy for him to dwell I mean, he comes when we ask him, um, but yeah, is he in my car? Is he bumping into boxes and slipping on, uh, or speak, <laughs> something sticky on the floor? You know, um, but um, but yeah. So it's okay if that's been our past. Of maybe, um, yeah, I'm gonna do this. Oh, and it's also it's gonna be my fast. And also, actually, um, what gave actually our family a whole lot of help, uh, hope with our fasting was we had never heard of um, a Sunday break of a fast before until we moved to Ohio and met the Eberhards. And <laughs> it was this loophole. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not a loophole. Not a loophole, but I but it like opened our our eyes and our hearts to like what really is Sunday. Like the beauty what of, is really mm-hmm. right. um, yes, yeah. And then that whole like, well, I broke my fast. I'm just a loser, you know, and so forget it. And it grabbed me all the chips, you know. Uh but but more of like, nope, we can begin again, you know. And oh my goodness, that's so helpful. It's been great for us as well to reinforce, to teach the beauty of what Sunday means and also what um, what it means to give an offering. And so, you know, my kids will wake up and, and you know, they're, they're like, it's Sunday. I mean, here we go. I'm like, what? Mass. Mm-hmm. Mass first. And to, again, always teach, right? As parents, we're teaching. And so, um, and I have to remind myself too. Not going to, you know, break that fast until after Mass. But what a glorious thing to be able to do, right? Mm-hmm. 
What are your thoughts in terms of picking something to sacrifice for Mm -hmm. Lent? Because I think most of us, and I know I have, fallen into, well, I either end up doing something too little or doing something too big. How have you been able to strike the mean there and... Can I jump in I with the catechism? Because the catechism sure. has something <laughs> yeah, really nice Dude, to yeah, say. This is uh, you. from uh, chapters 1430, 1431. Jesus' call to conversion and penance like that of the prophets before him does not aim first at outward works, sackcloth and ashes, fasting and mortification, but at the conversion of the heart, interior conversion. Without this, such penances remain sterile and false. However, Interior conversion urges expression in visible signs, gestures, and works of penance. Interior repentance is a radical reorientation of our whole life, a return, a conversion to God with all our heart, an end of sin, a turning away from evil with repugnance toward the evil actions we have committed. At the same time, it entails the desire and resolution to change one's life with hope in God's mercy and trust in the help of his grace. This conversion of heart is accompanied by a salutary pain and sadness, which the fathers called enemy crusatius, affliction of spirit, and repentance of heart. That was a lot there, Dave. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. It, it, what what stood came out to me there? right away was the uh, will giving up coffee really lead to conversion of my heart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. No, the the small they have their place. I mean, yeah, the small sure. sacrifices. I mean, but yes. Even with that how do you go deeper mm-hmm. on it so it actually transforms us and leads to conversion yeah actually am i doing this penance and i'm just going to grit my teeth and get through it or is it actually transforming me and bringing me closer to christ mm-hmm. there's a big difference mm-hmm. there and what really stood out to me in that catechism quote that you just read dave was um you know it is for the conversion of heart and in the interior conversion and without this such penances remain sterile and false Mm -hmm. yeah powerful um i'm our our beloved father dave sizemore um taught my kids something and taught he was teaching my kids something but it was it taught me and it stuck with me and i probably mentioned it before but um we were talking to him about well, how do you keep that fast? Come on, it's so hard, you know, and mm-hmm. whatever their little little life they had, you know, given up ice cream or something. And he's like, oh, oh, it's so, you know, okay, this is what I do. Just say, I love you, Jesus, more than. Yep. And enter. The, whatever it is. Okay, that mm. can change your life. Yeah. <laughs> that little phrase, because I mean, now giving up the coffee means a lot more to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I do love you, Jesus, more than coffee. I actually do. And that will linger with you for a good while. And um, and, and we will have um, those things will pop up again. Um, and I think the the hunger, you know, during the fast, the hunger for the thing. Um, we just ask, he, he's going to illuminate this in our heart and our head. <clears throat> is is It really does draw us to the, um, the, the spiritual, to the good, to Jesus's heart. Because, you know, 
<laughs> am I hungry? Is my fast? You know, am I doing okay until about three o'clock? And then I'm like going to rip the doors off the, <laughs> off the pantry and have the stuff. Well, um, am I, am I that, do I have that same urgency to open up my Bible and read the scripture? No, absolutely not. Mm. You know, and I'm like, yeah, I think my Bible's in the family room, you know, like that's not okay. You Put know? your Bible in the pantry. Huh? There you go. <laughs> Where's mom? <laughs> Reading scripture. <laughs> no, Lisa, I think you make such a good point because it's really shifting the focus from doing the penance to having a relationship with Christ. I mean, that's, that's really what it's about, right? Yeah. That one phrase is a game changer. Yeah. Jesus, I love you more than. Yeah. Mm. Love it. <laughs> Yeah. Lisa Iglesias, Mary Beth Eberhardt from The Visitation here in the cafe with us. We're talking about preparing for Lent, specifically chatting around fasting and discerning what the Lord uh, may be calling each of us to do uh, this Lenten season. Now, of course, it's prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Mm-hmm. How do you look at uh, the three of them together? Because I've always, not always, at times I, I've treated it as this is my my prayer area, this is the fasting area, and this is the almsgiving. Mm-hmm. Do you bring them together? Mary Beth? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I do. I think and, they are and, kind and, of boxes for me, but I now you're kind of... Uh, yeah, no, yeah, that's I, a great I'm intrigued. I, don't, I wonder yeah, how. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's something, you know, I want to, I've got my little iPad here and I want to kind of draw a picture and be like, you know, what would kind of one of those like, um, Venn diagrams, Venn diagrams, <laughs> yeah. Zen diagram. I'm like, Zen, no, no, Ben. <laughs> um, but one of those Venn diagrams where it's like, how can they, I love that. Together. where can they mesh together? Um, thank you for my religion lesson today for homeschool. Yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, it makes me think, I mean, this just popped in my mind, but it makes me think of what our uh, teens just did um, out of St. Brendan's. And a, I think another church had joined them down at Cranks Creek uh, back in December. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. they prayed with the folks who came for their, you know, um, the, oh, the yeah. food and the clothes and the toys. Um, and they were giving and, you know, they had given up their little bit of their Christmas break and and if anyway, you've gone to Cranks Creek, I mean, that is... I haven't been. I haven't, is, but yeah. Those conditions that the kids go down to are, yeah. are you know, very eye-opening. So that's kind of... They did the Venn diagram. I think that's a great, but, a great example of how the yeah. three come together. And then yeah. to think how as a family you could take and maybe an experience like that, even locally, um, and involve your family in that way. I think as a parent, there are opportunities. I mean, you think individually... Right. You know, Dave, you were just talking about um, interior and exterior. And I'm thinking about like personal and family because I'm called to do both. Like I'm called to have my own fast and that relationship. And then I'm also called to bring my family closer to the Lord in fasting and, and, and teach. You know, we're always teaching. We're always modeling. Um, and this is one of those examples where it's like um, I can lead my family in those three elements, you know, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And, um, and it's right here within our diocese. Hmm. So do you have a typical practice of not only picking something, everyone individually, or does the family typically pick one thing also to do together? 
So it has varied um, through the years. I was thinking last night, do you remember that Friends episode where they're trying to get the couch up the stairs? This is a first, actually, for the cafe. You, right. you go, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and they use, like, they're trying to get it up, um, and they're like, pivot, and they, they, um, they have to keep working. And it's the same way for me with my, my fast, except um, it's been that way as a parent over the years. You know, you have one idea, and you're like, oh, we're also, you know, we all have our own fast, but we're also as a family going to do this. We've done that and it has not gone well. Mm. Um, there's been such resistance. And I realized that like, that's not what the Lord is asking of them. Mm. And I'm putting a negative, I'm putting a big cloud over Lent when Lent does not have to be gray. I mean, there's enough gray in Ohio, <laughs> right? It doesn't have to be this dark and somber sackcloth time. Mm. There is beauty in Lent. And I think that's my goal as a parent is how to, how to teach that. And so the answer is, you know, we, we pivot, we pivot during, um, you know, as we choose what we're going to do this year, but we also, um, allow pivoting in, uh, in our fasts, you know, a kid will be like, Oh, I'm actually, I'm giving up all tech. I'm like, and they're listing it all off. And, you know, I smile. I'm like, ah, except for the school that is on your computer. <laughs> well, well played. <laughs> but, but then they'll come and be like, actually, I'm realizing that all my time was spent on YouTube. And so there's a, you know, a realization, a conversation. And that is growth. And so they're like, I think I'm going to fast from this. Um, and I'm going to use my time here. And that that give and take is really fruitful. Yeah, I don't think we've quite done that. <clears throat> I know we've, um, Doug, this year, we, um, I think I mentioned uh, possibly um, St. Francis de Sales' um, Introduction to a Devout Life. We're mm-hmm. yeah. kind of reading it aloud, you know. Gosh, I just... And whenever, whenever either he reads, it's just these short little passages and we kind of like, you know, kind of like how we're here, how you guys are um, talking about different passages and uh, scriptures and what is, what sticks out to you. And, um, but it does harken back to when we would read aloud to the kids. It just, I love it, you know, but anyway, so we're kind of going through that, making our way through that. And there's some like um, passages that are intense and like, whoa, can you read that again? And some that are you know, easier to understand. So we haven't always, no, we haven't always found that to be. And, um, and I think through, through life, you know, whether, you know, single, married, whatever your vocation, um, sometimes the almsgiving can be like, it can feel like a really hard and like you feel like a little bit embarrassed, like you, like you wish you could give and maybe it's not the time yet to give cause you're really working on rent and, uh, utilities and gas and, um, and that can kind of like be a pain, like of like sadness that you really wish you could do more. And um, and I would say if you find yourself in that spot, um, no one told me, just hold on and keep living because there will be a time, you know, that's a desire of your heart that God will make that happen in, in life. And then just recognize it and go, thank you, Jesus, you know, and, and look for that next time to be a blessing. And um, And in those times where we, you know, as a family could not do maybe what we hope to do almsgiving wise, um, we would try to join in on the peanut butter and jelly making at mm-hmm. church or whatever it is and, and seek it out because I would 
I'd venture to say there's a couple of those ministries that you don't realize are happening and they happen like monthly or every week um, in your in your parish and or go to another parish and find something to do because um, as that's something that, you know, as young marrieds and, you know, we, you know, household with a bunch of kids, um, praise the Lord. Church, you can find stuff that doesn't actually ask you to pay to come be a part of and be part of ministry. So so step out of that comfort zone and try that. Look for that. Right. That fasting of time. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great, great point, actually, because sometimes you find yourself not able to financially give, but you can give of your time to bless others. And sometimes we hold more closely to our 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 money, our finances um, and um, or rather reversed. Sorry. Sometimes we hold more closely to our time. Mm-hmm. It's easy to just write a check. Right. Mm-hmm. But what I covet is my like my time my mm-hmm. me time and i'm gonna i'm gonna give that that's a that's a harder mm, one sometimes it is it is it can be for sure yeah what what are your thoughts in terms of uh, taking your fast or like contemplating your hope of your fast during lent and hoping that it will apply to your life after have you ever have you ever thought of that um, this is somewhat of a new realization to me it was if, if my Lenten fast is supposed to create a deeper conversion in me, then maybe it shouldn't just be during Lent. Mm. And should I contemplate prior to entering into Lent is, is this a fast that will be sustainable? Something that I can continue doing. Mm. Ever- I think that's a beautiful reflection. Again, we talk about it seems like the word for the cafe this morning is heart, right? Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, one of those little prayers and um, what do we call them? Supplications or we, mm-hmm. you know, that you kind of, mm-hmm. it's just change my heart, Lord, mm-hmm. right? And for me, my fast, I want it to change my heart such that I like the person that I am more um, because I am more like the Lord. I'm closer to him. And so I do, you know, I do think about um, more as I grow older, I think more about or rather less of the giving up the chocolate and more of drawing closer to the Lord mm-hmm. in this fast. And will, who will I be at the end? And having that be a goal. I think about when Lisa and I used to pray the rosary together. Sorry. <clears throat> and how that transformed me long term and those type of habits how might lent continue that way for Mm. me past easter sunday Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well just as you're saying you know it makes amanda it makes me me think like um that like yearning and desire to like oh when lent is over i'm back at whatever like that's got to be disordered like, wait, what? Wait, I mean, that's lingering there. Now I'm not talking about coffee. Coffee is a blessing from God. I'm just saying, you know, some of these other things, like to really think about, you know, I would like to stop, you know, whatever. I used to, this used to be my prayer. I want to stop yelling at my kids. You know, like, I just want to stop. I just want to stop. For 40 days, you're going to, yeah, I'm going to stop I just, yelling. Like, I hate it. I hate it. Like, why is it something that would pop out of my, you know? Yeah. And, um, Oh, and it's because I have to corral them all. All I have four kids. And I go visit Mary Beth and like, wow, she's not yelling at all. That's amazing. She has eight kids. How does she do that? And But, you know, God does that, right? God, like, like you said, Cam, at the beginning, how the Lord reveals himself through others. 
wow, like he taught me that you don't have to do that as a mom. So mm. praise the Lord. I got to learn that. Do, do I occasionally still elevate my tone? Yes. Mm. However, it's way, you know, he really did a lot of healing there, but through revealing himself through others. Does, does that get more towards martyrdom? In a way, then, rather than, you know, fasting is, is is a decrease. Martyrdom says to me, it's an actual dying mm. uh, to, to self. It, am I on a track there? Or did you see uh, when John the Baptist, I must decrease. And, and what he was doing was humiliating himself, emptying himself, not as a fast as much as it was. Like a, a martyrdom. I mean, it, that that mm. gets to the conversion. He was doing it so that Christ could grow in mm. him and replace whatever he was emptying mm. out. And maybe that's what Lent is more supposed to be. You know, um, a a change of heart, a conversion that lasts. That that we continue to walk. We, that we are a different person from that beginning mm. to the end, and that that person is recreated going forward. Mm, I think, the, I think, I mean, that's, that's where to speak to me very much about it being more of a martyrdom too, because when I think of, like I just mentioned, okay, so the, that lovely example of who Lisa was as a mom, <laughs> yeah, like, um, but that I am most excited about in my life, the things that have been, that are dead, part of my, whatever I was doing or thinking or saying that have been martyred or that I've been martyred from or however, mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure how to mm -hmm. put that, but that. that makes me so joyful of those things that are gone from my life. When I, and I think maybe sometimes it's harder for me to think of like the things that are, you know, gifts or something, you know, the, but I don't know why I'm wired that way, but, but more like, yes, Lord, that's gone. Thank you, Jesus. You know, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I like that though. Yeah. I see this beautiful image of like, all of the things that we've martyred or, or laid down at the cross, right? And how beautiful that is for the Lord. Again, this image where it's just it's just laid mm -hmm. down and no longer do we carry it. I think there's a bit of that through London. And actually so, left there yeah. at the, at the yeah. cross. I mean, you're, you're, you're leaving it there, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And then going back to the beginning where it's like, you know, how does the Lord, want, how will I gladden his heart? Well, as a parent, I just want my child to be free. Mm -hmm. I just want them to not carry what is wounding them. Yeah. Oh man, free. Mm -hmm. That really stands out to me. Because mm -hmm. isn't that what this time is actually about? Mm -hmm. Is becoming free of of the sin or the things that keep us from drawing close to Him. I mean, you you think about Exodus, right? He's calling us out of Egypt into the Promised Land, and it's about becoming free. Mm -hmm. Well, and so free that death doesn't hold you even, mm -hmm. you know, it, that's, that's ultimately what martyrdom is. And, and the whole season of Lent culminates with Holy Week and Good Friday and then the resurrection on Easter Sunday. And that like day that th like hurls us into that new season. And if you're not, if you're going through Lent with just Lent on your mind, I think I would say you're doing that wrong. And I'm even like reflecting, looking back on my own life of how many times I've like uh, uh, 
put on the Lenten sackcloth mm-hmm. and just looked at the Lenten sackcloth all Lent and said, oh, how nice, you know, oh, how, yeah. how sackclothy that is, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, there, there was no like conversion that is like turning myself to the Lord because I was so focused on staring at my sackcloth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm just thinking of that quote from Pope St. John Paul II, that we are an Easter people and Alleluia is our song. And how the whole point of the season of Lent is journeying through G- with Jesus through his life and, and ministry and then death. And, and in that death, we get to die too. And then beyond that death, we get to rise with him and rise not as the old man, but as the new man. Mm. Mm. As a new creation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Com- comes, comes through comes through the cross. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So. I don't think, Cam, I've ever looked at Lent through the lens of with my eyes on the resurrection, which is seems like it should be so obvious, but it's a beautiful revelation of for me because during the time of Lent, I, I think I have been very focused on, okay, I'm, I'm trying to die to myself or I'm, I'm trying to do this penance so as to grow closer to Christ. But, but when you take the whole picture of it all and really try to emulate Christ's life, well, the reason he went through the passion and death on the cross was for the resurrection. Mm. And so if I can kind of keep that in the forefront of my mind, this Lent of like, why am I actually climbing this, this Calvary mountain? Well, with greater hopes of the new man of the resurrection. And I think that's going to fuel my desire to climb Calvary more. Yeah. Yeah. There's a light bulb there for me as well with, I mean, unless you have that conversion and unless you change your heart, you're not going to be resurrected. Right. I mean, you're, you're clinging to the old man and just draining that stuff a little bit isn't going to lead to a resurrection. Mm Mm-hmm. I think more and more I'm coming back to this idea of, okay, then I personally, this is what I want to do this Lent is look at something that can be sustainable then because a lot of times it's, I, some of my Lenten fasts have not been sustainable past the 40 days. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if, yeah, if I really want to become that new man, uh, then it has to be something that can help me to keep my eyes focused on Christ and continue to to be transformed. Amen. <laughs> Mary Beth Eberhardt, Lisa Glacius. We're all just kind of basking in that cam. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have a week. <laughs> we have a week to ask right? Jesus. What, yeah. what, what but, e- but even then, I mean, it, it's, there, there's nothing magical, folks, about yeah, that, that's when the season of Lent begins. But the whole point of this is to, to walk with the Lord, to have that conversation and f- learn about his heart. He, he, he'll be faithful, mm-hmm. but take that step forward, whatever your next step is in that uh, encounter or relationship with the Lord's heart. And... and be specific, start asking them, you know, what, what do you, how do you want to work together 
through this season Mm -hmm. uh, to come through, come through your passion to the resurrection. And, you know, what do you want to do together, Lord? Mm -hmm. I think it's really important in that to not get discouraged, right? Because discouragement can really interiorly focus on ourselves and we can get upset about maybe breaking our fast or whatever it is. But going back to that catechism quote that you shared, Dave, is yes, it, yes, so we do these resolutions to change our life. But then it says, with hope in God's mercy and trust in the help of his grace. And, and to, to remember, okay, we're, we're not going to be perfect this Lent, right? Right. Holiness is not an event. It's there a process. Go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think sometimes um, what can get difficult, maybe just me again, but um, to do something for oneself, like when we were here together talking about rest, it's like, oh boy, that sounds wrong to do and take rest or to schedule rest. And we had that conversation, but like to, to fast um, from and for others is, feels very like, yes, that makes some total sense. Listen, I'm going to fast for Dave. You know, he's, he's doing this good work or fast for Amanda or, or someone who's ill or a child who's, you know, struggling or, you know, your spouse, I'm going to fast for them. I'm going to, um, I'm going to fast from this for them, you know, and, um, that's, that feels right. You know, it feels like easy. I mean, you know, the idea is easy. It's hard to fast, but, um, but then to think, no, this is about you and me, Jesus. So I, you love me enough to have climbed Calvary and all. So, so yes, you know, just, just take that moment and it's okay that, that, that the desire is, for a, a greater openness, a greater, you know, receiving of his love. Hmm. So much that the church offers us to encourage us and to accompany us uh, through the season. So friends, stay, stay with the daily readings. Look at what uh, the church is um, inspiring us with. And there's um, nothing to fear. There, there really is nothing to be discouraged about if you're, if you're holding back on anything uh, entering into the season, just yeah, just bring it to the Lord and and look to the church uh, and her wisdom on uh, on how to take that next step forward. So, God bless you all. God bless you, Mary Beth, Lisa. Thanks for being with us in the cafe. Thanks, for Amanda. Us. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. God love you. We'll see you tomorrow at 8.